Hey everyone, this is Greg. And before we start the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Cloud MLX from, you guessed it, Lone Wolf Technologies. Your MLS system needs a dust off, an upgrade, a fresh perspective. With Cloud MLX, the creative team at Lone Wolf have done just that. It's a redo under the premise, what if I could search my MLS like Google? You don't need to replace your existing MLS system software. Just provide Cloud MLX as the easy MLS search solution to your members. They will love you for it. Check out Cloud MLX and the rest of the Cloud Agent Suite at cloudagentsuite.com. Also, I'm very excited to announce from Rob Hahn, the Notorious ROB, comes the Notorious VIP. As a Notorious VIP member, you'll get exclusive access to Rob's intelligent analysis, written and audio commentary, plus op-ed style articles. The Notorious VIP is a monthly or yearly subscription for those in the industry that want to go a few levels deeper. So please sign up at notorious-rob.com. I'll put a link to both sponsors in the show notes. Also, if any of our listeners are interested in sponsoring the Industry Relations Podcast, please drop me a line at gregrobertson at gmail.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. And now on with the show. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the notorious Rob. And on the other line, I have the newly minted billionaire, or my co-host, Mr. Greg Robertson. How are you doing, Greg? Bonjour, Rob. <laughs> I see we are we are moving up in the world. <laughs> Obviously, look, look, right off the bat, man, we just have to start with a giant congratulations to you and Dan, you know, in case anyone hasn't, there's no way any listener doesn't know, but uh, you have, uh, you have exited, you have an exit event. Well, yeah, I haven't exited completely. It's just that we have definitely joined forces or been acquired by uh, Lone Wolf Technologies. So right yeah. On. yeah very so how much uh, detail of the transaction can you get into, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know what everybody, <laughs> I know you I know you got a million in cash at least cause you are distributing that to your, staff which is incredibly generous and really uh mensch of you yeah that's uh that's uh, uh something we always wanted to do but um yep. yeah we first million we we basically distributed to all employees based upon you know how long they've been a part of the team at wnr studios and uh their position right so it, um, it's just so cool for you and dan to do that you know really. it, it almost really feels selfish after you know there there's that kind of cliche it's better to give than receive but man the amount of love we got back and 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 just you know you have a somebody in the support department making let's say you know 45 50 grand a year that gets a check for you know twenty three thousand dollars yeah no it's it's I mean, wonderful it's, it's you know at, at this time of year after the yeah. year we've had yeah um the feedback we've gotten from everybody has been tremendous I mean, not only our own employees and and things like that, but just the industry as well. And, you know, there's a little bit, <laughs> I will be a little honest in, in saying that there was a little bit of like wanting to put a little bit of shame out there to anybody else kind of doing this stuff that maybe, maybe this will set a precedent for anybody, any other kind of a real estate uh, software company exiting and to kind of share the love too. I, I, I have, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I have to admit that there was a little bit of that in there. I, I wouldn't even call that shaming. I would call that setting a great example. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. of course. You yeah. know, like, look, I mean, you know, you know, and I know that when like, um, a typical startup, if they go public or they get acquired by some big guy, a lot of the employees have stock options, right? Yeah. So they, you know, they benefit, they cash out, they're all happy as well. When real estate companies get acquired, it's not clear that that happened. We know for a brokerage, it probably doesn't happen, no, yeah. you know? So I think uh, you're setting an amazing example kind of for the rest of the industry. Look, um, you're a leader, right? I mean, nobody expects you to like go bankrupt, you know, trying to pay off. That's not what this is. This is no, just no, no. sharing. We were very the, lucky that, you know, yeah. the, the amount of our exit allowed us to go to that level. We always mm -hmm. wanted to do something, but yeah. um, I just thought, you know, million dollars sounds fucking cool. Right? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I, I'm so, I'm just so, yeah, let me, I know I'm not the first, but let's just officially put it on the record. We industry relations uh, would like to, to, to award the, the, the <laughs> man of the year. <laughs> we already talked about this offline. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, hey, so before we move on, just real quick, like, you know, most people know you and Dan and WNR Studios. 
I feel like fewer people kind of know about Lone Wolf. Tell us a little bit yeah, about Lone Wolf. Um, and again, I have to say that was part of the appeal, to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when we looked at it and I was talking to Katie about this, I'm like, well, who can you really name over there at, you know, Lone Wolf? I knew a couple people, Lisa, you know, who's from Ziplogic and stuff, but um, you really couldn't say who there are. You know, they'd bought Lone Wolf, of course. They'd bought Instanet Solutions. Mm-hmm. They bought Ziplogic, right? So, but there was really that I could see some front facing or even industry type over there that we could really name. So right. that, that to me seemed more like an opportunity than, than anything. Right. Um, second, they're very agent and broker focused, right? They're not some sort of company that's looking to displace or disrupt. They're really betting big on agents and brokers, which again goes completely with Dan and I's perspective. Right. They have this mission of, and this, you know, I, I, I talked to their CEO, Jimmy, about this, where we were struggling, like, what could we come up with, like, a three-word, a two-word mantra for our company, right? And uh, when I heard their, what theirs was, and it was basically three words, simplify real estate, I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, I wish I'd have thought of that, right? So they had that same kind of mission thing. But no, they're, they're you know, it sounds a little bit like, you know, a lot of corporate speak, but they want to digitize the entire transaction, right? They mm-hmm. want to, they've got some transaction management solutions. They have a broker back office, right? So I think by adding a CMA component to that, which basically extends the transaction because, sure. you know, when you fill out a listing agreement, that's the really first digital representation of that transaction to go. The CMA is really before that. Right. So to me, it was just a very natural thing to kind of add there. Yeah. So um, we think, you know, we, we, I, it's not something you have to like really think really long and hard how this is going to happen. It's just yeah. an execution type of uh, problem to solve. And, yeah, it's a natural fit. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm not, um, their culture is very different than ours. I mean, we have a unique culture. And like I tell the team, they have their culture now. We have our own culture. And then going forward, I think we'll build a new culture together, mm-hmm. um, but they're not done. I mean, I, I know that they're actively looking at other companies to kind of complete this virtualization or this digitalization of the transaction. So right. as we've been talking about in our podcast for the past year, I mean, this consolidation continues to happen in the industry. And, uh, and I think uh, these guys are uh, definitely on uh, track to um, look at other companies and kind of bring them into the fold as long as, you know, to match that vision that they have that we right have. on. So uh, if anyone's listening and you have a uh, Porsche 911 Turbo uh, S that you might <laughs> want to get rid of, I'm just saying Greg Robertson uh, is a fan of Porsches. <laughs> I, again, like, I don't know what would happen if I got, you know, this kind of um, exit, like in my 20s, right? We yeah. talked about that. I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I got three kids and married and, you know, kind of set right now in my ways. So it's like, I mean, my biggest thing here is just my kids can go to any college they want. That's yeah. the primary thing. But, um, yeah, you know, plus my, my tastes in cars are German, but they're mostly of the, uh, the vintage VW. Uh, that is true. That, that is true. Uh, but, uh, but you know, your mention of the fact that, uh, Lone Wolf and you guys are so centered on agent and broker you know, it does kind of segue nicely into kind of what yeah. we're talking about today, right? Yeah. Which is all about, you know, sort of the role of the agent, the broker. And it's kind of weird to kind of to be so self-referential, but we kind of want to talk about our past shows yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's engendered some responses. And of course, we are speaking about, you know, our friend Sam DeBoard and his giant tweet storm, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. He keeps... <laughs> I guess we'd, you know, obviously put the podcast out there and Sam had listened to it. And I think it got him in, <laughs> in a state. And, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, I think it was one night he says, I'm just, I'm debating whether I should tweet storm this or not. And I'm like, tweet, baby, tweet, right? So, <laughs> so he's memorialized that, right? Yeah, he, act, uh, he actually put it up as a post on Notorious uh, with emojis, with gifts. I mean, it, it's an amazing job. And then, you know, he ends with Rob's purchase should be in the next episode. I'm like, no, no, I think the next episode should be him and Jack Ryan debating. Obviously, we didn't get that together. Yeah. But there's enough there that I thought, you know, we should at least discuss it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I mean, we can go point by point if you want to look at it. Um, sure. 
But, uh, and I think to me, central to this is, well, there's so many points here. He talks about independent yeah. contractors. He talks yeah, yeah. about the fact of, you know, middlemen getting rid of middlemen, quote unquote, right? Yeah. What do you think is the most uh, salient point here of, uh, of uh, about? I mean, look, I, and I get that it's Twitter, right? Right. And, you know, maybe, maybe Sam was, uh, to your point, was in a state. But I think one of the reasons why I wanted and I think this should happen. Maybe it's not us. Maybe it's Inman. Maybe it's somewhere else. Maybe it's Riso itself. Maybe it's, you know, some other event. But I do think that Sam probably wouldn't have been as feisty, if you will, as combative uh, and as sort of, sort of insulting, if you will, to Rex and to Jack Ryan if it were in person, right? mm-hmm. which would have allowed, I think, more of a real addressing the ideas and the facts and the points that Jack brought up, right? As opposed to you know, just sort of like, you know, if you're such a great, like, great, bring us better intelligence and tech, you know, like that's a little, you know. Right. right. So in terms of the actual kind of ideas, right, I think what Sam took most issue with, there are, there are several, but I think one of them was the idea that the agent as middleman is a bad analysis. Right. right. I'm not entirely sure if he characterized Jack Ryan's position correctly. But then again, I'm not entirely sure that Jack articulated that, you know, as clearly as he might want to. And it's not like you and I you know, right. <laughs> could get a word in edgewise anyway. <laughs> so what do you, I mean, what do you think? Like, let's start there. You know, is the real estate agent a middleman or not? Yeah. And let's just say, I mean, th- there's two ways of looking at that. I mean, just to reference another podcast we did with uh, Spencer and Austin, mm-hmm. Yeah. And their new F, their new kind of venture, Picasso. Spencer taught, we asked this question about, uh, I guess it was more on buyer agency, but, you know, Spencer had a great point. Culturally, this country has always had, culturally, there's always been a need that consumers want to have some trusted advisor during large purchases, mm-hmm. right? So I guess Spencer's point a little bit there was like, this is a cultural thing for America. In this country, now some of those things are being you know whittled away. But I think, to Sam's point, it's almost very trite to to say or of this is stocks, this is airline tickets to make those analogies, right? Right. That is not the same analogy when you're talking about buying a home, right? So I think there's a, okay. there's a couple arguments there, right? We always hear the stocks and 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 airline tickets and. And, and those kind of analogies. And then, you know, Spencer on the one way, it's like, you know what, that's the way we do things here. And yeah. that's part of our culture. So yeah. I think both of those are fair points. I, I mean, I, I think it's a fair point, but I also think it's missing the point, right? Because what I heard was, at least from Jack, was, you know, agents who are merely middlemen, right? And this is something that like Steve Murray has been talking about for 10 years, something that I've been talking about for quite a few years, right? That there's starting to be a divide. Hmm? Congratulations to Steve Murray too. Oh yeah. Speaking of, yeah. Congrats to Steve Murray. It's like the season of acquisitions, but uh, there is a divide happening, right? Between what Steve likes to call the facilitators, right? Mm -hmm. And what he likes to call counselors, right? So if Sam's point is that the counselors are super important and they provide that, you know, sort of emotional uh, support. They provide that advice. They, I don't think anyone denies that. And I don't think Jack denies that. And I remember in one exchange, you were talking to Jack about your agent yeah. that you use, remember? And how she's, she was just amazing and right on top of things. And I distinctly remember him saying, well, like she was, she's going to be fine. Like yeah. she's not the problem. Right. Right. What Jack, I think, was talking about was quite frankly, the majority of the 1.4 million realtors who really aren't counselors. And Sam, I thought, talks about like, like here's one of his tweets. It's insulting when independent contractor agents are broadly painted as feckless and unsophisticated. The best agents I know are high-tech, doggedly responsive, supremely organized, automated, and almost all are ICs. I mean, of course, we know that, right? I don't think anyone denies that. Like Zillow, like people think Zillow's out to get the agent. They they were never out to get the agent. They always sang the praises of those great agents. They were just out to get the mediocre ones, I guess, right? right? And and I guess I'm a little unclear. Like, you know, Sam accused Jack of being sort of binary, right? ICs are 
bad and employees are good. Right. But in, in reverse, I almost feel like Sam's being binary, right? Saying ICs are great and yeah, you know, like, no, man. Like well, the no, reality is- thing he says is choices are good, right? I mean, models are yeah. good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I, that's what I mean. It's not, I feel like maybe again, this is, I, I, it, this is, it's terrible for us to try and like characterize what other people said, what their arguments might be, which is why it's better if we could have them on, like, you know, actually stating what it is. But, you know, since we don't, let's, let's just give it a shot. Right. Yeah. Well, this is not, this has been echoed in other places as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. If I could characterize, I think what Jack Ryan was saying what it was was that, look, the high-end counselor agents are not the problem because right? they're going to do the right thing in all cases. Even things like when he, you know, when he went on about listing agents who refused to show houses, right, because Rex wasn't part of the lockbox system, right? You know, I, and what he brought up was, I thought you're, you were hired to sell the seller's house, right? And isn't it your fiduciary duty? My take on it is the great real estate listing agents are actually going to do that. They're like, oh, you don't have a lockbox access. No problem. I'll send somebody down there or I'll be there, yeah. right? I'll bolt the door. Like that, they're not the problem. And if we think of it that way, that I think Jack has a point, right? I mean, it's not like we don't know there are thousands upon thousands of people who are not counselors. You know, they're not dogged. They're not tech forward. They're not any of those things. And as an industry, we have forever struggled with what do we do about that, right? Right. And, and to me, what's not clear is that what is he saying? There's been technology for a while now. There's been, you know, Zillow launched in 2006 and, and Redfin's been out there. It's not clear to me from what Jack is saying is that what's the accelerator here? There's always been facilitators, mm -hmm. counselors. Mm -hmm. And NAR membership is just nothing. I mean, I remember when I started in 1992 in this business, it was like uh, 700 and something agents, right? So now there's 1.4 million agents, right? So what, right. what is um, Jack saying is going to be the accelerator for these agents to be dropped off the wayside? If Politics. They Politics. All right. Okay, See, so so I, I wrote this about this, a... Uh, this is about the attack on uh, buyer agency, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So the transparency that, that the new DOJ stuff is setting up is going to cause consumers to say, hey, damn, I'm this buyer commission. What's, what's all of this? Mm -hmm. and, and unless the buyer can uh, successfully cross the, the chasm of like, this is why I'm worth it. And this is why I want that two and a half. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to cause that the agent population to shrink because there's not this built-in kind of commission rate. I guess so. I mean, so I, I wrote a, a fairly lengthy post about Rex and all that, you know, to my VIP audience. And I think one of the key things for me is, yeah, we had Redfin, we had uh, Zip Realty, we've had a lot of these sort of employee-based disruptors and so on, you know, Trelora. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of these types of companies come and, you know, they haven't really made a dent. And I think, my, again, this is just me, right? My gut feeling is the difference between just taking Redfin as example, the difference between Redfin and Rex is that Redfin came out of the tech world. Like Redfin's founders, Glenn Kelman, these are all like engineers. They're startup guys, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Whereas Jack Ryan comes out of the world of politics, right? And high finance. The guy was a Goldman Sachs partner. And I, I don't think people who did not kind of come up or did not know what investment banking in the 90s was like, I don't think they understand what it means to be like a partner at Goldman Sachs pre-IPO. <laughs> You cannot get any more of a pinnacle of a profession than that. It's almost like being a Supreme Court justice or being in the NFL. I mean, it, it really is the pinnacle of the finance profession to say, I'm a partner at Goldman Sachs, right? That's who Jack Ryan is, right? He's also externally plugged in and he's extremely powerful and, and connected in the world of politics. So to me, Rex comes out of the world of high finance and politics. Technology is sort of secondary, right? So when you think of it that way, I really see this as if the problem here is how do we make things better for consumers, right? I mean, let's just start there. How do we make things better for right. consumers? Okay. Cost is almost secondary, right? Maybe it's not, maybe it's primary, but how do we make things better for consumers? Clearly one answer is, you know, you drive all of the power to the great agents, 
you drive all the market share to those great dogged, you know, tech for all of those agents. And you try and get rid of the ones who really shouldn't be helping anybody, right? Because they're just not that great at doing their jobs. How do you do that, right? And when you look, sort of delve into that and structure the industry, everything around it, fact is the buyer agency piece, independent contractor model, the MLS system, the realtor, like everything that we've set up over a hundred years, right? Contributes towards, you know, changing that. I mean, think about how long we've been talking about raise the bar in the industry. Right. And how impossible it is to seem to actually be able to do anything about it. So if I'm someone like Jack coming out of politics and finance, I'm looking at, okay, what's the problem here? The problem here is that independent contractor buyer agents are getting paid by the seller, right? Way more than they're worth. I mean, I think that has to be it. So therefore, how do I attack that? I'm going to start W2. I'm going to stay outside of the MLS. So I don't want to pay the buyer's agent. Okay. Well, if you're going to do that, the first problem you run into is how in the world do you have a business, right? How in the world do you have a brokerage business if you're not part of the MLS? Well, the only way is through technology, right? So that's how I see it. Yeah, Versus, no, I mean, I, I definitely think you're right about the politics angle, right? This is yeah. where you're coming from and that's policy. Yeah. Right. You and I have been talking yeah. about policy for a long time. Forever. Yeah. Anything from the mortgage, you know, interest deduction credit to other kind of uh, models that they seem to think of. So those things can definitely drive and move the needle of, of a lot. Right. But I'll, you know, disagree a little bit of like, I think you have to say some buyer agents aren't worth it. No, you're right. When I like, yeah. you're right. I, and what I mean is, the t- let's say the top 10, 20% of real estate agents are those counselors, right? Yeah. And they're worth every penny. Right. right. I think the other, the things that are, they're more in things, and then this is, goes back to this post that uh, I kind of like linked to in my blog from Jeff Corbett, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About divorcing real estate commissions. And to me, when you go beyond, let's say that there are some buyer agents that are worth this, but, but there's stuff like that. He goes down this kind of path of mm-hmm. referrals. Yeah. You know, referrals aren't going to be that, I don't want to say lucrative, but you know, let's say worth the time if you can't guarantee that two and a half anymore. That's right. Right. So those are the kind of things that I think are more in jeopardy. I think if, if an agent is not going to be worth their salt, they're not going to get paid. Right. So that's, right. But to me, that's more of an industry problem we've had forever. So I'm not sure, you know. Is it a problem maybe, we've had forever? You mean raising the bar? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, getting the buyer agents getting paid, you know. That's, no, no, that's I'm one just of talking things. about, you know, when he's saying like, we've always had the problem of raising the bar, right? So what you're saying, and maybe I agree with this, is that the accelerator on this is the transparency that is being brought by this settlement with the DOJ. I think that's first step, Right. I think what the ultimate accelerator, the ultimate disruption is what kind of Jeff Corbett pointed out. It's what I've been talking about ever since the lawsuit was filed, right? I mean, I remember when that thing was filed, my, my post was like, get your damn wrong, <laughs> like cry out of the gods. And people are like, Rob, you're overreacting. And I'm like, I don't think I'm overreacting, you know, because if this goes through and cooperation and compensation goes away, the industry as we know it goes away. Yeah. Right? It will be all new. I think that's probably the ultimate disruption. And I believe that's kind of what Rex is counting on, if you will. And I think that's what uh, Jack and Rex are trying to drive, right? So they're not trying to drive some technology-based, you know I mean? It's not that. It's like, no, no. The, the problem that they're trying to solve is the rules and the system that we have set up. So they're just trying to destroy those rules and that system. And once that's done, I think they believe that they're going to be one of the, one of the leaders that survive that. Uh, whereas the rest of us, you know, the rest of the brokerages, rest of agents are going to scramble to try and figure out, you know, what to do. Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, I think people are really, I don't know, it, it, let's just put it this way. So let's just talk about this first step, the transparency piece, right? I, it, it, this doesn't get brought up a lot, but it is something worth discussing. One of the things with now buyers being able to see what their agent is getting paid, right? Right. Is not simply the matter of like, why are you worth two and a half percent, right? I almost feel like that's secondary. The biggest issue is why are you worth a percentage at all? In other words, okay, you helped me buy this million dollar house, right? So all of a sudden you're getting a $25,000 check. Isn't that right? Two and a half percent? Yeah. 
if you help someone buy a $500,000 house, you're only getting 12,000. Did you do $12,000 more worth of work for me? Well, I mean, you know I think when I talk to agents, they, the, the <clears throat> most standard response I get is like, every transaction is different, right? So it of may, course. may be opposite that I did way more. Of course, right? they so, say that, yeah, right? But what that then points to is the buyer saying, you know what, I don't like this percentage thing. Why don't I just pay you by the hour? Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. I think that's actually but a more that goes likely back to, step. To, to kind of like um, Spencer's point, you know, there's something ingrained in American culture where you have that counselor. Absolutely. Right? No, absolutely. So that, 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 now, I think this is a little bit, let me, let me go here. As this pandemic has accelerated trends, and we talked about that, it's been a problem of inertia a lot of times to get people to do things. And the pandemic has made that inertia better, right? It's been always a struggle for vendors or anybody else to, to get them to use these tools or to use things. And now they are because the accelerator was the pandemic, okay? So the question is, will this new policy change be the accelerator, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but here, but here's, let me put my vendor hat on and, and really tell you why in a sense, and I almost don't want to share this, but because I think it's a, it's a, it's a, an important idea or a, a good idea is the opportunity that this presents. Now, you know, I started my first real estate software company back in 92. This is pre-internet. This is pre, I mean, this was just like when the first text menu driven MLS system started to get online. <laughs> the old days, man. Old days. We shipped <laughs> software on five and a quarter diskettes, right? And, you know, Dan had kind of figured out how to hack the MLS systems when they first brought photos, right, onto an MLS. They used to, right. people don't know this, but the online MLSs, this is pre-internet, didn't have right. photos, right? And then of they course. added it and that was a big deal. Right. So we, because of that, we created the first CMA with listing photos. Right. Right. And that was called Lightning CMA Plus, right? And that was a, a game changer because now you had like, wow, you, know, you can make these reports look incredible because of the photos on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little, usually you only got one or two, right? But you still, it was a, it was a game changer. And then came like Arial maps, mm-hmm. 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 that, and then just maps. And so there's been innovations there and that's all been on the seller side. And it's just, you know, having that type of technology and that type of report has really helped agents, I think, from the sell side show their value. When they present a, a beautiful looking report, you know, that's like that, that really shows some value to them. And there's sure. some, everything else. It's a good introduction. I think from a vendor standpoint, I get excited like, okay, here's a problem I have to solve. I have to make from the buy side agents, agents right. on the buy side, what can I develop no, and I don't know if it was a report, some, something that I can really right off the bat show my client, holy crap, this guy put all this together? Right. Oh my God. Right. Right. And I don't think we really have that yet. I think there's companies like BuySide and some other things like that, that maybe you're kind of touching the surface of that. But I think this represents a, a tremendous opportunity for the, from the vendor space to really help solve this problem and help agents kind of really turn them into a facilitator to a counselor with some technology solutions um, wrapped in, you know, an agent, um, you know, willing to kind of use that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I'm not, I, I don't think this is like the end of the world or anything, but let's just, let's just say that somehow these lawsuits are successful or the DOJ comes down or whatever happens. And there's now a rule or a law that's put in place that says, you are not allowed to share commissions with the buyer agent, okay? Let's just say that's the rule. Okay. What I'm raising is, why would a buyer pay a percentage instead of either a flat fee or hourly? In other words, as a culture, as people really, right? We're used to paying commissions for when someone helps us sell something, right? Because we're gonna get a bunch of money. <laughs> it's, it's like, I'd rather pay a commission even if the amount is a lot, because, you know, it's like, look, I don't know that I'm going to have the money to pay you until you sell this thing. And now I have, you know, whatever, 100000 in my pocket. I'll give you 25 grand, right? It's easier, I think, to do that. We're not used to paying a, quote, commission when someone helps us spend money. Do you see what right. I'm saying? I think if you're a better agent, you're going to frame it like, uh, and I, it might have been Spencer or somebody that made this argument. It's like in a divorce attorney, right? 
you're hiring that person to negotiate the best deal possible for you. Right, but you're paying your divorce attorney. You're, you're, the other side is not paying your divorce attorney. Okay, well, let's just say a business transaction then. Forget divorce, right? Where I, I've got, you know, I just went through a transaction, right? Yeah. yeah. And I hired my attorney. Yeah. I mean, they're paying me, but I want to get the most out of that transaction as right. possible. Right. Therefore, I've got to hire somebody. Right, but you paid your attorney a flat fee, I would imagine, or hourly rate. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> sure. I, I'm sure it was a lot. <laughs> Don't get me yeah. wrong. But my point is, I think as buyers, we tend to pay for people's time and the work, right? As buyers. As sellers, we tend to people on a commission. It's like, hey, if you're successful, I'll pay you, right? But as, when we're buying, we're, we're like, okay, no, I want help. I want your help, right? But I'm going to pay you for your time and your expertise and your knowledge. So I think that's the real transition that we might see over the next couple of years. Now, it's going to take a long time. Look, people are not, I find it ridiculous to think that, People are going to go on Zillow or, or Redfin or whatever and see the house. Like here's a one to three Main Street. It's five hundred thousand dollars, right? Oh, buyer, comp, you know, compensation two and a half percent. I don't think they're going to see that and automatically go to wait a minute. You know, my agent who I trust who has been really great is going to make whatever twelve thousand dollars from this. That's too much money. I, I don't think that's going to happen, right? At a wide level. Having said that, a lot of the buyers are professionals. I mean, they're, they're pretty elite. We're right, talking right. lawyers and bankers and, you know, private equity fund managers. I mean, these are pretty smart people. They, are, they might go, wait a minute, why are you getting paid a percentage? Yeah. It's not that I don't value you. Right? No, I value you. I want your help. You're great, right? And with the tools that uh, Greg's provided, you have proven your value to me. But haven't those guys already in the past years, you, you're, I mean, I think you would be in that thing. Mm -hmm that have gone, you know what? I know how the game works. I'm going to Redfin. I'm going to Rex. Right. They right. already have, there's already been solutions to kind of maybe, you know, I don't want to call it negotiate away, but like find models that you, you're not doing that. You're not paying that. Those, right. those existed, right? So right. Th that to me leans more towards what you're saying, that it's not going to go away really quickly because there have been those solutions yet they haven't really caught on. Right. They, they haven't really caught on. Well, Here's the thing, right? Like, I mean, you know, I know in the comments of, of my blog or yours, like, you know, somebody was bringing up all the inventory Rex was showing and it's like nothing. Mm -hmm. like, how is this guy a factor when it like, you know, they got five homes for sale or, mm -hmm. or some nonsense, right? Um, right? Redfin, we always talk about, you know, highest production value per agent, but yep. they really, you know, have they, cro have they become that mega brand or, you know, anything? Not quite yet. No, um, not quite yet. No, it's hard, man. And yeah, that's the thing. So, I, but so again, my point is, this is about just this first step. You know, okay, the uh, you know, DOJ comes in, says, hey, NAR, you got to do this. Not every MLS has to allow for compensation to be shown, right? Publicly displayed, discussed, right? Look, what's, I, I think what's going to end up happening, like I said, naturally, is a, some buyers, not all, some buyers are going to start saying, wait a minute, why, why are you getting a percentage, right? Why don't I just pay you directly, right? Would you represent me for $10,000? I'll just write you a check for ten grand you represent me, right? That, that'll be one way. Uh, the other way that I think could happen though is you're gonna see agents and brokers starting to take advantage of this new environment, right? In other words, it was much easier always to go to the listing side, sell to the seller and say, listen, the other guy's gonna charge you 3%, I'm only gonna charge you one. Do you know what I'm saying? That's been happening forever. That's been happening forever. Billboards right. that actually say Correct. that. Correct. Whereas on the buyer side, that's been much more difficult. Because the practice in the industry has been to say to buyers, you don't have to pay a thing. My representation is free. The seller pays for that, yeah, right? Can't say that. And obviously that's now been like no good. You cannot do that anymore under the new settlement. Number two, buyer doesn't even know most of the time. Like, how do you get paid? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's between me and the listing agent. Don't, don't you worry. I got you, right? I'm going to, right? So I think just by the fact that it's now more public, you're going to see some brokers and agents go to buyers and say, listen, I'll do it for $200 an hour. It's way cheaper than what someone else is going to charge you because, hey, here's the, here's the listing. Here's how much you're going to make, or how the agent's going to make on this, right? Those models exist now. They don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. You can go uh, list only on the MLS for five. No, no, buy side? Tell me one but, company where as a buyer I can go and hire a buyer agent to represent me for $100 an hour. Well, 
okay. I mean, I don't know there's if it's an hour, but it's, but it's, you know, there's discount. There's things like Redfin where we're going to re- yeah. rebate that back. Correct. Correct. Right. What they say is we're going to rebate it back. But thing is like rebate what? Like, I don't even know what the amount is, right? Because of this stat, this information was not available to the buyer. My point is after the settlement, now they can see it. Now Redfin can go to the buyer and say, listen, you should work with us because look at the amount, right? This so house is offering three percent. The hmm? fact that it was hidden, hidden, that their value proposition when they said we're going to give it back, they're like, I didn't even know I had it, right? And now Almost, you're because yeah. you know it reminds me of that quote is like the the biggest trick the devil ever played on people was to say that he didn't exist, right? <laughs> um, no, you know what? It's this is, reminds me a little bit of, and again, this is that just doesn't get talked about in society as a whole. Like one of the things that Trump put into place. You know, and it will happen in the new year, whether he's the president or not, is hospitals and doctors now have to publish their prices. Before that, and I've personally have experiences, people go to the hospital, they would go to their doctor, right? The doctor says, okay, we're going to do this test. We're going to do this procedure. And we would all go, okay, sure. And we had no idea what it costs, right? Like you can't even find out, like what does an x-ray cost? Right. right. Like when you say, I want you to go do this uh, surgery, what does that cost? There's no price anywhere. And one of the things that's going to happen going forward is w- once we start seeing prices, now we're going to be like, wait, doc, do I really need this $50,000 surgery? Is there some other alternative? You know what I mean? Like that stuff is going to start to happen. And in a similar way, I think with the simple disclosure, I think a lot of buyers are start- not a lot. Let me rephrase some buyers are going to start pushing back. And what that then leads to is brokers and agents will come up that says, oh, look, look, look at this uh, pricing. I can do it for cheaper, whether that's the refunds or I'm going to do a different model. I think it does kind of encourage that, but it doesn't go all the way, right? This is just an interim step, right? And I think what Rex, Jack Ryan, what I think a lot of the the real disruption-minded people, and most of them are, by the way, are not in real estate. Right? Most of the truly disruption-minded people, I think, are in think tanks. I think they're in the Department of Justice. I think they're in the Federal Trade Commission. I think they're in policy positions. I think they're just counting and waiting for and counting on the lawsuits to succeed. And for the court to simply say, you are not allowed to share commissions anymore. That's just my belief, right? right. Once that line is crossed, then everything Jeff Corbett wrote comes through and then some. Now, does that mean end of the world? No, because like we said, there's something in us as human beings where we want some expert to kind of bless our big decisions. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're joking around though, the Porsche, but you know, look, it's one thing if you're going to go get some, you know, used jalopy, $50,000 car, like you'll just walk into a dealership and sign the papers and do that. If you're buying a $200,000 Porsche, you're going to want somebody to say, that's a really good decision, Greg. Right, whether that's your yeah. wife, your friends, or you know, or even the dealer's representative, the salesperson, like at the dealership, <laughs> it's so bizarre to me. Right, you're gonna want that guy to say, "Oh no, that's a wonderful choice. You have made a fantastic choice." I think that's not gonna go away. The issue is the compensation is gonna change. Yeah. Right? So then, How that person gets yeah. paid gets changed. And then to me, the delta here is there are already models out there that kind of rebate this commission. Correct. People that we're saying now is people don't really value because they never knew it was out there really. So what is the delta of change that's going to happen because now this is going to be out there, even though models exist to to kind of get rid of it anyway. Sure. And I guess just having this conversation, I'm, I'm actually thinking that it's going to be less of a big deal than I thought. Hmm. I think it's going to be a way bigger deal than you yeah, think. Yeah, see, I, I just, knowing that there's already models and that, you know, those models haven't really taken off, is this going to be that accelerator to really put them on a rocket ship? Huh. I think so. I mean, just plainly put, right? One of the issues is if we're talking about second and third time home buyers, if we're talking about like Picasso buyers to bring up Spencer, yeah, you know what? They'll be fine, right? These, these people all have money, right? We can all afford to write $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 checks to a buyer's agent to really represent us. If we're talking about first-time home buyers, dude, <laughs> they have no cash when they're trying to buy their house. Well, so far, but I mean, some of the things that have been floated around are some tax breaks for first-time home buyers too, right? That's what I've been yeah. reading, yeah. 
Maybe, but you know, you could have all the tax breaks in the world. You still got to have the cash. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the problem is a first time home buyer or really for most home buyers is how are you going to come up with the down payment? But why, why then haven't Redfin taken off with first time home buyers and just own that market? Because we're in the system where buyers, you know, have never had transparency, right? They think, oh, I'm not, I'm not paying anything. Yeah. Even though yeah, they've, right? they've been, I mean, they know this and they've got some pretty smart- They don't know that. No, that's my point, no, man. They Redfin don't know knows that. this. Redfin, well, Redfin knows that. Yes. But if you're working in the MLS system, right? If you're working in the system that is pre this, you know, NAR lawsuit, if, do you know what I mean? Like in the system as it exists today, right? Buyers like, I don't have to write anything, right? Right. I, I, there's no, I don't have to write a check. After the lawsuit, if that wins, now buyers have to go, oh shit, I got to write a check. Well- they do and they don't. I think, you know, Corbett makes his point is like he is he's assuming that everybody's gonna try to come up through some sort of financial, you know, gobbledygook that 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 still is not having to write a check at the table, right? But it's still gonna be and that's that's a little bit weird there too. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, you know, financial uh, mechanism to kind of handle the closing table type of situation. But um yeah. it's definitely gonna have more exposure for sure. I'm, I'm sure people are thinking about how do we do that, right? Yeah. All I'm saying is I think the impact is gigantic right? because a lot of buyers at the time they're buying a home, they're hoovering up every single dollar that they have to put into the down payment so they could buy the home. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. at that moment to suggest to them, you need to pay your buyer's agent $5,000, $10,000, whatever it is, that's going to be a tough sell. Now, yeah. as I mentioned, the great agents really provide value they'll be fine. You know, they're going to be able to show, look, you should pay me $10,000 because here's what I'm going to do for you. Right. The marginal agents, they're going to have a much harder time. And frankly, there's a scenario where half of the commission pool just goes away. It just evaporates because buyers can't afford to write checks. What happens then? Yeah. I don't, I can't imagine this thing is so big and the dollars yeah. we're talking about are so large. I know. It's, it's hard to wrap. Yeah. They're going to come up with a way where, the, yeah. <laughs> where they don't something. have to check. Yeah. 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 Something. But yeah. here's the other point though, because one of the, I think the reason why Sam got so angry, if you will, right, got so triggered was because he felt that Jack was, re and let's face it, Jack was really assaulting the MLS. Yeah. Well, right. everything is assaulting the MLS. <laughs> but, you know, Zach Ryan specifically is like out to get the MLS. Like he, he thinks the whole thing is corrupt and broken and, and all of that. Right. And those of us who have spent our time kind of in the MLS space, like it's hard to hear. Right. So, you know, Sam has this uh, thing where it's like, you know, he's quotes like new entrant tell the MLS should just be a database. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> That whole thing was great. He, he did a great you know. <laughs> But here's the thing, right? And this is what I think. Or uh, better yet, think it's just a database, right? That's Sure. Yeah. But here, here's the thing then, the challenge for Sam, because it's a challenge I face and I've been doing it with my MLS clients. It's, I've been doing it through, you know, think pieces and all this stuff is, okay, what is the MLS without cooperation compensation? If these rules do come into play, if the DOJ comes out and says, hey, uh, NAR, hey, MLS, hey, realtors, you can no longer share commissions, right? So cooperation compensation goes away. Again, it's not to say that the MLS is just a database then. It's just a raising, don't we need to answer what is the MLS then, yeah. right? And I think Sam needs to answer that. I think you need to answer that. I think I need to answer that. I think the MLS industry needs to answer We all need to answer if commission sharing goes away, because of policy changes, what is the value of the MLS? Yeah. No, I think I talked to Re Rebecca Jensen a little bit about this and it's, mm -hmm. it becomes like, you know, so modularized, right? That everybody, you know, there's just different th sections to everything. And then that, that is just, the MLS becomes like, you know, whoever's running it is just a facilitator to clean data. <laughs> right. But at that point, like, how is the MLS more than just a database? No, no, that's, that's exactly where that goes to, I think. Is right. The thing, yeah. Right. And I think that's... And that doesn't need the kind of infrastructure that we all have now, right, at all. So it just changes everything. I, I got to think about it. So again, like it's just something we haven't wrestled with, right, as an industry. And no one knows, right, because this hasn't happened yet. So we're all kind of playing hypotheticals. I do think, though, that the thing of value to take away from the whole Rex interview and Jack Ryan and why I, I take him seriously, right? Beyond the fact that he's a master of the universe 
is the fact that none of us we're so busy kind of trying to trying to discredit Rex, trying to discredit Jack Ryan, trying to you know bash him down that we're not actually answering the question that his whole line of attack raises, right? Which is okay if these rules go away, what is the value of every everybody in real estate after that? Right? Real estate agents, we've just talked about it. If these rules go away, your value is going to be what can you show? What can you prove to your your customer who now has to pay you directly that you're worth the money? Yeah, and there's an opportunity there for vendors. I there's think. an opportunity, correct. But clearly that's going to result in some changes and some, I think it's going to be a bloodbath among the marginal facilitators, right? The counselors will be fine, facilitators, bloodbath. Brokerages, what does this mean for brokerages, right? What's your value if cooperation compensation goes away? Like we haven't really wrestled with that. And for sure we haven't wrestled with MLS. What is your value proposition if this goes away? Now, I think probably among the better MLSs, you know, the smarter people that you and I both know, they've been thinking about this and talking about it probably internally for a few years, right? In fact, I know they have. Yeah. I don't know that we've come up with an answer, right? And if we have, they just haven't shared that with the rest of us. I know I have my theories. I'm sure you have yours. I'm sure Sam has his, but it's just, you know, it's just something to, uh, to wrestle with, to be honest with you. And so I do think... From that standpoint, I, I think uh, Sam's tweet storm was entertaining as hell. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so Sam. <laughs> but, you know, if we want to advance this forward, I, I think it's not about mocking and, you know, trying well, to, I mean, you know, I, whatever. I, I think it's about wrestling with the actual facts and yeah. actual issues that Jack and the disruptors bring up. Yeah. But I mean, there, you know, it is bombastic you know, what Jack is saying, right? So there, there's, he's asking for it a little bit there, right? And then, you know- to oh, more me, than a little bit, man, he's yeah. going at it. <laughs> and, and there's, to me, the bullshit meter goes off a lot with him. And we talked about that at the end of the podcast. I mean, you know, AI, big data, whatever. When some vendor starts like hyping that as much as he did, it's like, I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? Right. That's a, a lot of superlatives and tech talk and everything mm -hmm. else. And then, you know, again, somebody posted on the website, they got 10 properties in this one city. What, what where's the pony? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what's going on here? Right. So, you know, I, I, I'm not faulting Sam at all for uh, giving what oh, he's no. Yeah. No, I, I'm not faulting Sam either. I mean, like I said, I invited him to put up the tweet storm on Notorious as his actual post. Right. What I'm pointing out is this. So, so here's the, Here's the hope point, I think. Jack talked a lot about like, hey, in the 80s and 90s, stock trading used to be like this. And then computers came in, you know, all this technology came in and then the middleman went away, right? The stockbrokers used to be on the floor of the stock. Like that all went away and were replaced by computers doing the executing trades, right? And that's his main point. I think my point is, yes, that's true, but the New York Stock Exchange still exists, Right. Like we might have computerization across the board. And yes, the stockbrokers may have, you know, gone the way of the dodo bird, right? The specialists with the jackets, they're all gone now, or they're not really that useful. But NASDAQ still exists. New right. York Stock Exchange still exists. So I feel like there's obviously still a role for some sort of entity, whether that's the MLS, whether that's realtors, whether whatever it is, right? To serve that function. However, it's not clear that that function is the same as it is today. Yeah, correct. And we're so busy, and this is just a fault, I think, of, of the real estate industry. We're so busy discrediting critics, discrediting disruptors, right? Telling, you know, saying like, these people are morons or idiots. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. I'm like, but, but then we're not engaging with the substance of what they're raising. And I agree with you. Look, like, <laughs> I think... Jack, he wants to fight. <laughs> That's actually one of the things I like about him. He's not, he's not, he's not yeah. a shy wallflower. He's not trying to kind of do the disruption quietly beneath the surface. No, no, he wants to fight, right? Um, yeah, and I think as you're describing this in my head, and I, we don't have time to go here, but yeah. what you're describing to me is like, it's a different type of MLS system, maybe kind of a private MLS system mm. where people can post things, but for free, let's say, but you right. know, want to, promote them they pay a little extra yeah what what yeah. kind of yeah with some technology company, and some tools company, what company does something like that maybe maybe they're having struggles in the current market they're in now mm. that is is being forced out by the work from home trends mm. um you know 
if they yeah. built something for like a commercial market and right. maybe they can bring that that kind of new type of fangled MLS you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Space. Who would be that guy? And it, what if that company were worth like $35 billion oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and has become the new darling of Brad Inman? Uh, <laughs> who, who, who could that be? I mean, you know what this all makes me think of, Rob? There's no fucking coincidences, man. <laughs> no. All this shit is all fucking engineered, right? There's no, there's no coincidences. <laughs> Here's I'm, how I look at it. I, I get, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you're converting me into this conspiracy theorist, man. I mean, it's just, but you know, I don't know, man. You start. I, I'm, look, I'm, sh I'm sure that I'm saying this badly, and it's paraphrasing, whatever. But I, I remember reading something that says something like, "Once is accident, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy action." Yeah. <laughs> No, I, 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 I've always heard it. There's no such thing as coincidences, you know, yeah. in business, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. So, I, you know, like I said, I, what I still maintain hope that maybe one day we'll be able to get like Sam and, you know, Jack or Sam and some other disruptor, you know, on, and you and I will just play the, uh, the referee role, right? And just, uh, you know, engender debate. But it, it's, these are the kind of serious things. And uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I think obviously debating this stuff online through written, you know, word is probably more useful, but I think there's probably some room to have those debates. And hopefully as we come back to regular events next year, you know, we'll see more of that in yeah. person. It'll be fun. Yeah. Until then, I mean, we'll do it virtually. And just to put it out there, if, if you guys, if anyone listening wants to have a debate about any topic, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> we'd love to have you on. Yeah, I'm liking actually having guests on. I mean, we haven't done that. We're starting to do that more, and I, yeah. I'm liking that a lot. Yeah. yeah, you know, in fact, maybe you guys could let us know. Do you do you like it more when when we have guests on, or when the two of us chuckleheads are just you know arguing with each other? I mean, let us know because <laughs> we can do both. <laughs> in any event, all right, let's uh, let's wrap it up, my friend. Once again, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Wonderful. All right. So uh, once again, we want to thank our listeners because without them, we wouldn't be doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, just to make sure, you are still going to be able to keep doing this podcast, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As part of the, that was definitely, I'm, I'm still going to be writing the blog. I'm still going to be doing the podcast and um, uh, I can write more books if I'm if awesome. inclined. So absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Because you can't silence the truth. You can't silence the Greg. <laughs> hey with that said uh thank you everybody for uh for your attention and let us know what you think about uh some of our questions yeah thanks guys all right thanks greg thank you for listening to another episode of industry relations rob and i both appreciate your support if you can find the time please visit wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a five-star rating and write a quick review it really does help the show Thanks again, and from Rob and I, be good to each other. <laughs>